Well, hey, good morning, everybody. Great to see you, man. I'm really excited. My name is Caleb. I'm one of the pastors here, and I get to share from God's Word with you today. But before I do that, uh, just want to make sure everyone has a candle. If you didn't get a candle, we're going to light these up at the end of the service. So if you didn't get one on the way in, raise your hand right now. Our ushers are going to walk around. Uh, there's a few people scattered that didn't get one. Ushers, if you could uh, make your way down and, and help us out. Keep your hand up right now. They're coming down. Uh, they'll get you a candle and make sure you hang on to those. We're going to light them up at the end uh, for, for the last song as we close out this service and this year really here at Project Church. But hey, I'm excited to be sharing from God's word with you. If you have your Bibles, you can go to the book of John, John chapter 10. I'm going to be reading from there. But what I want to talk to you about today is the title of my message is The Missing Peace. Everybody say peace. The Missing Peace. That's the title of my message. And I think that we live in a world uh, with a lot of anxiety. We live in a world that feels very fearful, that feels very anxiety-filled. There's a lot of stress. In fact, if you ask people, they probably say there's not a lot of peace. You know, I don't know how you greet people or how you say goodbye to people, but I don't know why my whole life I've always just been like, all right, good to see you, peace. You guys do that? Man, peace. Good to see you, peace. And I was actually thinking about Paul, and if you look at Paul's writings, uh, Paul who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, uh, when he closes every letter that he writes, he always ends it with grace and peace. So Paul was the first one to be like, peace, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, this goes back 2,000 years. And, uh, and so he always said this, grace and peace. And, and I tend to close a conversation with someone, especially on the phone, like, all right, peace. Why do we say that? Why is that something that, that comes out of us naturally? It's because we all want peace. We want peace in our lives. We want peace in our homes. We want peace in our marriages. Come on, somebody. We want peace around us. We don't want war. We want peace. And, uh, and I think that in this world, though, it feels like we're at war constantly. We're at war in our jobs. We're at war with our finances. We're at war, man, in terms of nation against nation. We're at war in our minds. A lot of you are at war in your minds. It just feels like we're warring, and Jesus came to bring peace. In fact, if we look at Isaiah chapter number nine, this is a prophecy that the prophet Isaiah was speaking over Israel and over the coming Messiah. And he said this in verse number six and seven, he says, for us, to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He's given these four titles or names, and today, for, for, for today, I really want to focus on that last one, that Jesus, the coming Messiah that has now come, was the Prince of Peace. And so when I say the missing piece, the title of my message, I'm saying it because it, this, this fits in two different ways. You see, there's a missing piece in all of your lives, and I'm talking about P-I-E-C-E. There's a missing piece, and his name is Jesus. And when you get the missing piece, P-I-E-C-E, then you can receive the missing piece, P-E-A-C-E. When you have Jesus, the missing piece, fit in your life, there's a missing piece that comes into your life. It changes your life. 
It brings a calm and a confidence to every situation and circumstance that you might walk through. The Hebrew word for peace is this word shalom. You've probably heard this before, shalom. And this is the Hebrew word. And it was one that was, uh, it, it, it really means calm or tranquility uh, of individuals, of groups or, na- or nations. This calm, this tranquility. But the Greek word that Paul used most often in the New Testament is the word Irene. And this Greek word actually means unity and accord. That there's a unity. That we're in one accord with one another. And so this peace that I think that Jesus wants to usher into our lives isn't just meant for you as an individual. It's meant for your relationships. It's meant for your marriages. It's meant for your coworkers. It's meant for your families. It's meant for every room you walk into, every sphere of influence you have, that you bring a peace with you, that you bring unity with you, that you bring a, a connection with you everywhere you go, that we would be actual peace carriers. You see, Jesus, the Prince of Peace, wants to put that peace in you so you take that peace with you wherever you go. We are peace carriers, every one of us. So listen, there's a missing piece, and his name is Jesus. And he's going to give you the missing piece that's been in your life for too long. You know, there's insanity of life that you all are encountering. I don't know if you've been to the mall, but you know what I'm talking about. Man, it feels like there's constant war, hate, fear, anxiety, the, the craziness of life, and yet Jesus brings peace to every situation, to every circumstance, to those of us that believe in him. And so what I want to do, I want to read from John chapter 10, because I think there's a, a, a passage here in a story, a little section where Jesus actually gives us a great teaching. Because while peace comes from Jesus and through Jesus, I believe that as peace carriers, we have a responsibility that we have to do ourselves. You have to do something. This isn't just a passive thing where, okay, so, so I accept Jesus and now I have peace all the time. And, and he brings peace, but he's also asking us to take action. And here's what he says. Jesus is actually talking here, but it, it starts kind of setting it up in John 10, 22. It says, at that time, the Feast of Dedication took place at Jerusalem It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. And they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. So what I want to focus on today is verse 27. Because I think the missing piece comes when we do some things. And it says here, Jesus gives us the, a great description of what it means to, to even be a person that, that follows him. He says, my sheep, hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. So the missing piece comes when you, number one, when you hear. Everybody say hear. My sheep hear my voice. 
There's a great Christmas song, and a little section of it says, Do you hear what I hear? You guys know that song? I love that song. Do you see what I see? Do you hear what I hear? Man, I like this idea of, of hearing. Because when we hear something, it changes something in us. You know, a couple years back, my wife and I, we, uh, we were playing in a co-ed softball league. And I know my wife, she, doesn't, she was just up here. She doesn't look like an athlete, but she's an athlete. She's a beast. She'll, she'll mess you up, all right? So you, you be careful if you ever play against her in a sport. Um, but, but my wife, she's an athlete. We were playing in this co-ed softball league. And, uh, and, and the game ended. We went home and we went to bed. And this was pre-kids, so this was a while ago. And uh, when life was easier, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But they're not in here. We're good. Okay. So, so uh, it's just me and her. And uh, I woke up at like 2 in the morning after this game, and I had this extreme pain in my thigh. And I never felt a pain like it. It was a strange pain, and, and it didn't feel like a pulled muscle. It didn't feel like, like I'd gotten a dead leg. It was like my, my thigh was burning. And so I run into the bathroom and I turn on the light and I look down. I pull my shorts up and there burrowed into my leg is a tick. And its whole body is like inside my leg. And I freaked out and I said one word. I said, Chrissy. That's my wife's name, right? I said her name. It's 2 a.m. And my wife came running into the bathroom. What's up? What's going on? What's the matter? Out of a dead sleep. That ain't never happened since then, y'all. Let me tell you. She don't come running when I, when I ask her ever. But, but guess what? She came running because of the sound of my voice. The tone of my voice. You see, there was something different about how I said her name. And so when she heard me say, I mean, it's 2 a.m. She's a dead sleep. She came running in. What's the matter? What happened? And I show her, and then she got some tweezers and yanked that bad boy out. And I got tested, y'all. I didn't, I didn't have Lyme's disease. I'm good to go. Been healthy since. That was like eight years ago. Uh, come on, somebody. And, uh, and so it was something about my voice, though. The sound of my voice. She heard my voice and my tone, and, and she knew it was urgent. She knew she had to come running right then. You see, the sheep recognize the voice of the shepherd. They know his voice. And so I want to ask you today, like, do you know the voice of God? Do you know the voice of your Savior in a world where there's a lot of voices? In a world of a lot of distractions? In a world with a lot of voices trying to pull you this way or that way? You know, I was watching this uh, this little documentary about shepherds. And it was about shepherds in Israel, actually. You see, we think of sheep, and we think of them in a pen, and there's a big pasture, and they just walk around and eat grass everywhere. But in Israel, it's arid. It, it, it's, it's like a desert in a lot of places. And so the shepherds would have to lead the sheep from place to place because they would have to find the little patches of grass that were growing. They, it's not growing everywhere. They'd have to find it. And so in this video I was watching at one point, these three shepherds came together with all three of their flocks and all their flocks like intermixed. And I'm watching this and I'm thinking, man, that is a, is a disaster about to happen. You got three flocks mixed together. How are these shepherds going to delineate their sheep from the others? They all look the same to me, right? 
Um, and, and so I'm watching this, and all of a sudden, one of the shepherds walks that way. The other shepherd walks that way, and the, other, the third shepherd walks that way. And they begin to call their sheep. And the second they begin to call, these, this flock of, of sheep, this big herd, splits evenly in three different directions. You see, these sheep knew the voice of their shepherd. They could delineate their shepherd from the other shepherds. And the second the shepherd called their names and, and, and called them to him, the sheep went to their shepherd. And I got to ask you, are we able to hear the voice of God amidst the noise of this world? Because I think a lot of us are getting distracted by other voices. We're getting distracted by other noises. And the shepherd is calling us, and yet we're not following and maybe it's because we got too many other voices. Maybe it's because we're not focused. But at the end of the day, the sheep hear my voice. That's what Jesus said. So I want to ask you that question today. Are you hearing the voice of your Savior? If you're here and you're saying, Caleb, I'm, I've been having a hard time lately. I would say that you probably need to change some things in your life. And I'm not here to condemn you. Uh, I'm not here to discourage you. I'm here to challenge you. To tell you that, yeah, there's all things in our lives that we need to change. I got things in my life that I need to change. And at the end of the day, I want to be able to hear the voice of my shepherd, of my Savior, because I know he's going to lead me to paths that are right. He's going to lead me to, to where there's still waters He's going to lead me to green pastures. You see, your Savior, your shepherd wants to lead you to the best life, not a worse life, to a better not life, not a less than life. And some of us think, oh, if I follow Jesus, if I listen to his voice, I might be led astray. I might be led to somewhere I don't want to go. No, he's going to take you exactly where you need to go, exactly where you're supposed to go. So hear the voice of the Savior. You know, you, you guys chose wisely today. Maybe you haven't been in church in a minute. But, man, I'm so glad you're here. Because how many know that it's in church, in the presence of God, in the house of God, that we can hear the voice of God clearly? You know, I, I know that, that life is busy and, and there's a lot of things going on. But I want to encourage you, 2019 is coming, that you would put a priority on being in the presence in the house of God. That you would make this a priority. You want to know why? Because you're going to hear his voice more clearly here than if you're just trying to hear it while you're watching football on a Sunday morning. Then you're trying to hear it uh, when you're just driving, like, oh, maybe I'll listen to a message real quick on my phone. Like, that's good and all. But let me tell you, you get in the presence of God, in the house of God, you're going to hear his voice more clearly. The missing piece comes when you hear. Everybody say hear. The missing piece comes when you second, when you know. Everybody say no. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. I know them. I think that we all want two things in this world, honestly. I really believe this. I think it comes down to all of human beings, humanity, people, we want to know two things. We want to know and we want to be known. That's it. We want to know people and we want to be known by people. And I'm not talking about being a celebrity and we live in a, a, an instant celebrity culture where everyone wants their five seconds, ten seconds, thirty seconds of fame. I'm talking about really knowing and really being known. 
that there's people that really know you. And you want to know why we want that? Because God designed us that way. He actually said when he saw Adam, he said, it's not good for man to be alone. So he created Eve. Not just to be a helpmate, but to be someone alongside of him, doing life with. To have it so that he had someone that he could connect with, he could have relationship with. We all want to know and we all want to be known because God created you for community. He created you for relationships. You know, it's interesting, now that I've pastored in Sacramento for uh, almost six years, this church has been going almost six years, it'll be six years in January. All right, that's cool. Glad you guys are excited about it. It'll be six years in, in January, end of January. You know, now I, I rarely can go somewhere without running into someone that knows me. And our church isn't a big church, but you think about over six years and a lot of people have come through and, and left and moved away and moved to the suburbs. And, and there's people that come to our church, you know, once a month. And there's people that come once every six months. And so our, our church family is actually a lot larger than maybe we even experience on a normal Sunday morning. And so it's rare that I can go somewhere and, and someone won't know me. And so I'll go places and people regularly be like, hey, you're Pastor Caleb. Or hey, Caleb, I go to your church. Or I used to go to your church. Or, you know, I, I, I go to your church sometimes. I'm like, yeah, I ain't seen you <laughs> in a minute. Uh, I hope to see you this Sunday. Usually when I run into them, then they're there that Sunday. Come on, somebody. Conviction. But, man, it's interesting that uh, I always appreciate, and, and it's encouraging to be known. Like when people recognize me and come up to me and say, thank you for your church. Thank you, Pastor Caleb. Like I've come to your church before. Like that encourages me. And I love when I'm able to, to look at them and be like, oh, Chris, what's up, man? Good to see you. But you know what is a bummer for me? When I don't know them. When, when I don't recognize them. When I don't know their name. Why? Because there's something powerful about being known. Knowing and being known. There's something powerful about when someone knows your name, isn't there? Or when someone remembers your name. Maybe you met them one time, they remember your, remember your name. There's something powerful about that. I wanted to tell you today that Jesus knows you. The Bible says he knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows you on your best day, and he knows you on your worst day. He knows you when you're on the mountaintop. He knows you when you're in the valley. He knows you when things are going well, and he knows you when you're walking through a struggle. He knows you. My question is, do you know him? Do you know him? Do you know his voice? Can you distinguish his voice from the other voices? Because I want to tell you, the only way to have real, true Meaningful peace, lasting peace is when you know the Savior. When you know Jesus, there is a peace that surpasses all understanding. There's a peace that covers no matter what the struggle, no matter what the situation. When you know Jesus, everything changes. When you know Jesus, everything changes for the better. And so I want to ask you, do you know him? Some of you are like, I thought I knew him. Some of you are in here saying, I used to know him. Some of you are in here saying, I've never known him. And I want to tell you right now, you're never going to have true peace, real peace, lasting peace, a peace that covers no matter what you're walking through until you know him. 
and I've been through some struggles, and I've been through some situations, and let me tell you, there's a peace that covers it. Why? Because I know the one in whom peace is rooted in, and his name is Jesus. Do you know him? Do you know him? And third, and finally, if the band would come back, the missing peace comes when you follow. Everybody say follow. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. They follow me. You know, my, my kids, they follow me. I have a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, an almost four-year-old. Her birthday is the day after Christmas. What a terrible birthday. <laughs> I just met someone today, and they were like, oh, my, my birthday's tomorrow, Christmas Eve. I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Like, man, those Christmas birthdays, that's rough. But uh, <laughs> you feel me, okay. You feel my little girl, Charlie. And uh, it's interesting, though, like my kids, they, they follow me. And, and they follow me whether I want them to at times or not. <laughs> uh, I was thinking about my kids, um, they remind me about a failure I had. And they remind me all the time. Sometimes you need kids in your life to just remind you that you're not perfect, to remind you that you fail. So it was about a year and a half ago, and my wife and I were in a little fight, an argument. I know y'all are probably super spiritual, so you don't do that, but Chrissy and I, uh, we, we throw down sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Like, we argue, we don't throw down, chill. We argue. And so so, so we were in a, a little argument, and we're both pretty you know, passionate people, but I'm very even keel. I'm the more even keel person in our relationship. I'm very chill. I'm a pretty laid back. I don't get angry hardly ever. My kids are in the other room, and my wife just keeps coming at me and coming at me and coming at me. It was one of those. And my blood is rising and boiling, and I don't usually react. But I don't know. Something came over me, man, because I'm a, a human being like y'all. And my flesh sometimes takes over. I want my spirit man to take over, but my flesh man, he gets strong at times. And I got so angry that I clapped my hands at my wife. That's a bad move, by the way. Husbands, don't ever clap your hands at your wife. So I clapped my hands, smack, one time. I mean, as loud as I could clap. And I said to her, shut up. And I yelled it. And when I did, in one motion, clap, yelled, there was a water bottle next to me. I smacked it across the room, and it flew into the blinds. And my kids, they're in the other room, but they heard all this. And so for the last year and a half straight, pretty much every couple weeks, one of them will just randomly clap their hands and yell, shut up. I kid you not. It's like I messed up one time, and they won't let me forget it. They won't let it go, and they think it's hilarious. I actually told the story. They were all sitting in the first service, and they were, like, dying laughing. My seven- and my five-year-old boy like, ah, shut up. We're not allowed to say that word in our house. That's a bad word in our house, but Daddy broke the rules. You see, I, I, I wanted to tell that story. I wanted to ask you, you know, who are you following? Because a lot of us, we, we get caught up in following man. And maybe you, you've been burned because there was a man, a pastor that you followed that failed. 
and you associate him with God and him with Jesus and, and now it's hard for you to follow God because of this man that failed you. Maybe you followed parents that failed you. Maybe you followed a husband that failed you. I think all of us are followers in some way. Like we want to be leaders, but we're also followers. We follow the trends of this world. We follow what people say about us and over us. The follow part, though, is where we miss it because I think that a lot of us get caught up in following the wrong things. We may listen. We may hear. We may know, like, I hear the voice of the shepherd. I know the shepherd. But when it comes to following, there's so many other voices and so many other distractions that sometimes we wander. We wander. And I think there's somebody in this room There's some people in this room, you've been wandering from God. You've been wandering down the wrong paths. You've been wandering down into the wrong places. You've been wandering into wrong valleys. And I wanted to tell you right now that you serve a shepherd that leaves the 99 to go after the one. That none of you is too far gone. That the shepherd wouldn't say, I'll be back. I got one to find. I'll be back. There's one that's lost. I'll be back. There's one that's hurting. I'll be back. There's one that's broken. And that shepherd goes to that one. He picks you up and he'll carry you. It doesn't matter how broken, beat up, busted, depressed, discouraged, defeated that you are. The shepherd leaves the 99 to go after the one. That's a shepherd worth following. That's a shepherd that I will follow. A shepherd that would pursue you to the ends of the earth. That's chased some of you to this day today. December 23rd, 2018. The shepherd has pursued you to this moment right here in this room in the crest. And you've been running. You've been wandering. You're that one that's saying, I don't want anything to do with the shepherd. I don't want anything to do with the other sheep. I'm going to try it my way. And it's left you depressed. It's left you discouraged. It's left left you defeated. It's left you anxiety-filled, fear-filled, war-filled, relationships broken. Every situation has not turned out the way you thought. And Jesus is saying, it's not over for you yet. It's not done yet. Your story is not done yet. Maybe you had some bad chapters, but we're about to turn a new chapter in your story. We're about to turn a new chapter in your purpose. We're about to enter into a new season in your life. Jesus pursues the one. Why? Because the one can still turn around and be a part of the family. Be a part of the family. Some of you have been following after the wrong things. Jesus said, they'll follow me. I love what it said at the end of this passage. It says, I give them eternal life. They'll never perish. Those are great promises. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. How many know that when Jesus has a hold of you, when you say, I'm in you, I'll trust in you, I'll rest in you, no power, no thing, no authority, nothing can snatch you from the hand of your God, from the hand of your shepherd. He's got you. Some of you are here today and he wanted you to know he's got you right where he wants you. Maybe this hasn't been your best year. 2018 was not. But he's saying, I've got you right where I want you. You think I've left you? No, I'm with you. I've pursued you. I have a future for you. Nothing, nothing can snatch you out of my hand.
You know, we read Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. These words, these, these, these names given to Jesus. But verse 1 is the beginning of that prophecy that Isaiah speaks. And it actually says this, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. Today, I believe there's somebody in this room that's been wandering, that's been running, that's turned their back, that's gone down paths that led them to destruction, and you know you've been walking in the dark. You know that darkness has surrounded you. But how many of you know, when you're in the light, there is peace. My kids are still afraid of the dark. Shoot, I'm still afraid of the dark at times. But when the lights are on, you can see perfectly. When the lights are on, there's vision. When the lights are on, there's nothing hidden. When the lights are on, there's nothing to fear. Jesus came to shine a light on the dark places of your life. Jesus came to shine a light into your fear, a light into your anxiety, a light into your depression. Why? So he could release peace, the missing peace. Jesus came to bring the missing peace for your life. So right now I want to ask you, somebody in this room, you need to surrender your heart to Jesus. You need to do it again. Maybe because you've walked away, you need to recommit yourself to him. Or maybe you've never done it. You've been running. You've been wandering. You've been in darkness. And today you're like, oh my goodness. It's all led me to this point and I'm ready. I've been fighting it. I've been running from him, but I'm ready to surrender, to receive the peace that passes all understanding. Today's your day. Would you bow your heads with me across this place, church?